Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to this week's uh, award-winning Man on the Post. My name is Chris and with me I have got Colin. Hi there. All right? Yeah, very good, thank you. Good, good. And I have got Mark. Hello. Uh, I re- we're recording this on Monday evenings. I don't ask if you're all right. How are you? Mark. Oh, me, I'm chipper, thanks. And you? Yeah, good, thank you. Thank you. Cool. Um, we're recording this on Monday evening. England are playing, so I'm not quite sure what the score is. I think England were winning with Harry Kane, weren't they? Barkley scored a goal. I know that much. Oh, has he? Or maybe it's Barkley then. I thought Harry Kane, he's one of our owners, scored. It's it's two it's two nil to England currently. Um, a Barkley goal and uh, an on goal from Lithuania. So two nil and early into the second half. Okay. Uh, right, we're going to be talking about international matches this week. Um, there's been a lot of them. We'll be talking about those. Uh, we shall be talking about our Crystal Palace All-Star Premier League five-a-side team and the return of you tweet. But first of all, Colin, question for you. Uh, former Leeds manager David Hockaday appeared on my television this weekend. Any idea what he's up to now? Um, I don't know. Some sort of comedy show, perhaps... Um... I don't know, he's back in the game, isn't he, somewhere? He's on the gate. Well, not quite on the game, but that's something else entirely. But yes, he's, uh, he's within football. Um, he appeared on my TV screen as BT Sport did a roundup of uh, the Vinerama Conference, the League Below League 2. Uh, he's now manager of bottom of the league, Kidderminster Harriers. Uh, it was his first game in charge this weekend. They've played 15 games um, and they've lost 8, drawn 7. So they still haven't won a match and they lost at the weekend. But I take it Hockaday's come in new to sort of refresh them and turn them around, is that right? That's right. He's going to try and get them playing league football against Leeds sometime soon. Yeah, well, look, I, I haven't got a bad word to say about Hockaday. I mean, you, you know the story behind it, don't you? Mm. Um, obviously, he was Leeds manager for a very short period. Leeds just got rid of Brian McDermott. And Hockaday had actually applied for a youth position at Leeds United mm-hmm. to be like a youth coach Cellino got the wrong end of the stick thought he was applying to be the fucking manager and only appointed him <laughs> I didn't know that's how he know. got the job that's that is right some people say that isn't the case but I I've, I reckon that actually is the truth um, because you know the Vanarama League that, that's his level I mean he was struggling with um, Forest Green Rovers and hey, the minute well, yeah, that's because I got rid of Hocker Day and sent him to Leeds. Um, but, hey, if you get the opportunity to manage Leeds United, you're going to take it. Well, you would do, because you're only going to get fired within six weeks and you've got a hell of a payoff coming. Well, yeah, I don't actually think he was on that much, to be honest. But, um, yeah, so I've got, I haven't got a bad word to say about him. He was in a lose-lose situation. But, um, hey, good luck to him at Kidderminster. I, ho- I hope he does well. Indeed. Um, right, we're going to talk about international matches now. Um 
we've got Wales have qualified, Northern Ireland have qualified, England already did, uh, Ireland into a playoff, um, Scotland hilariously didn't. So we've had a question from at aw underscore Tanner, which how do we think the home nations are going to do next year in the uh, in the Euros? Anybody do you reckon, Mark? How are they going to get on? Um, well, I think I've got a feeling Wales might actually struggle because they're not going to be anybody's surprise team anymore. Um, and Ramsey and particularly Bale are going to be um, top of the list for their opponents to be marked out the game. So um, I think if that does happen, Wales might struggle to get out whichever group they're in. Um, England, I think, are without... I wouldn't say they were looking strong, but I think they'd be good enough to reach the quarterfinals. But after that, again, as England do, they're always going to struggle be, trying to get beyond the quarterfinals in any competition. Um, and I think the surprise out of the three might actually be Northern Ireland because they've got no star players but they're a very very good team a very canny team good unit again no stars and I think they're going to take one or two people by surprise um, Wales yeah, you say they're obviously uh, a one on stroke two man team they qualified despite um, despite their loss at the weekend to Bosnia their 2 nil loss at the weekend to Bosnia uh, Baylor scored 6 out of 9 but interesting enough they've only conceded four out of their nine qualifying games so far. So you're right in the fact that all you have to do is double up your full-backs and your winger against Gareth Bale, but at the same time, you've still got to get by their defence as well, haven't you? Yeah, and I think what what's going to help all three of the home nations, actually, is the the extended amount of teams in the group stage. It's going to be a bit like the old um, the format in the 86 and 1990 World Cup, isn't it? Where we're going to have six groups of four with the top two from each group going through, and then the four best third-place teams. Mm. So I think the group games, we might actually see a few sterile nil-nil, one-one draws, where people are just trying to cancel each other out and not lose. Um, and I think that might that might be where uh, Northern Ireland come come into their own, actually. Um, but you know, I th- I, I, you know, none of them are going to win it, obviously. Um, but it's great that more than just England have managed to get there. And I say that as somebody who does want to see all of the home nations do well. Oh, uh, you're one of those, are you? I am, yeah. I, I mean, it's a shame Scotland didn't qualify. Um, although Republic of Ireland aren't technically a, a home nation, it would be great to see them go there too. Although if they get there, I'd be, I'd, I fancy they wouldn't um, make it out of their group, whichever group they were in. No, they didn't do so well last time, did they? No, no, I don't. They're, again, they're a, they're quite an average team, I think. Hmm. Well, if um, if Robbie Keane's finished breastfeeding, he might be allowed to go. <laughs> um, Colin, you beat the drum for England. Yeah, perfect record so far. Looks like they're going to win tonight. Ten out of ten. Spain did that in two thousand and twelve and won. Mark reckons we won't win. <laughs> yeah, well, let, let's look at the others ones first of all, and, and also I just want to. Um, to, to mention Ross, who, who mentioned a little um, a little passage that he found in the media, which was um, a journalist said, "There you go, Scotland, you've got your independence, while while the rest of the United Kingdom are in France, um, <laughs> you're in charge." Um, <laughs> so, uh, I, I disagree with uh, with Mark a little bit. Um, in what way? I, I think. Northern Ireland and Wales have got nothing to lose. 
I think they're going to go into this competition and I think they're just going to have, they, they can't start to try and be defensive or play not to lose. I think they're going to go for it. And, and I think if they do that, which is what they've done in the qualification campaign, I think they're going to pick up some point. Mm. Um, which is unlike England, who um, traditionally, if you look through the, the stats of the qualification campaign, really struggle in the first half. And I think that's because of Roy Hodgson's mentality of just start out, don't don't get beat early on, and we'll we'll pick it up in the second half. Quite a very defensive sort of style. Um, I agree. I don't think Wales and Northern Ireland are going to win it. Um, so, but I think I think they'll do all right. I think I think uh, Wales have got more of a chance of getting out of the group stage. Um, England, well, hmm. uh, yeah, I'm Team England. I always bang the drum for them. If if they've ever had a chance, this is it, surely. Or to um, win the whole thing. Yeah, I think I think I think the the fact that it's in France helps us a little bit. Why? Um, well, you can because do the supermarket run on the way back. Well, yeah, cheap booze and um, just the the pitches are going to be good. The the temperature and the environment's going to suit us. It's it's going to be okay for us. Um, and I don't know. I just think if England can work out what they're going to do with their midfield and work out who's going to be up front, whether it's Rooney or someone else, then and I think England are going to be a tough outfit to beat. I don't think there's going to be anything super spectacular. Hmm. Um, I think the only person who could possibly provide that for England is Barkley. If he's given some sort of mandate on a sort of free roll, whether that'll happen or not, I, I, I'm not sure. sure. What's Sterling? Um, he's, I think he's been off form. I think he's been off form for England. Um, but, you know, it, that could come back any time. Hopefully it will. Okay. Um, was Sam... but yeah, I, I... Oh, sorry, go on. No, I was, was going to say, I think England have got a chance. I, I, it's, the, the, the problem is, is that we've had a bit of a doozy, haven't we, getting through this, this group. We've had probably the easiest group. Absolutely. So we've had nothing tough to play against. So, yeah, as, as you say, Matt, what, what happens when well, England play fair, a that, proper that, team? That's, that's probably uh, to England's credit that they've not had anyone decent to play against. If you remember before qualifying we'd come off the back of the really iffy World Cup where we hadn't got out of the group stages and all of a sudden everyone was talking in hushed tones about the Swiss as if they were some kind of 1970 Brazil or something like that and we'd beat them twice. The, the, from what I can see, uh, I don't think there's... Although we've got, obviously, the World Champions Germany, um, although they got beat by the Republic of Ireland the other night, they're still uh, a cracking team with some cracking players. But they're not as dominant or as invincible, seemingly invincible as Spain were five, six years ago. But I don't think there's any particularly outstanding teams in Europe right now. Okay, we've had surprise teams like Wales, like Iceland, who are coming out of the groups. But, you know, they're pretty unproven at at the absolute top level when it comes to a tournament. So it it would be a huge shock if they went and did a Greece, for example. Um, So you expect the the usual suspects to come through and be the the contenders. But there isn't anybody, um, any standout. And... If England click, I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll concede this to you, Colin, that if England click, they could get to a semi-final, possibly even a final, if Barkley, Sterling, Sturridge, 
Um, all these supposedly top-class players and young players that we've got are all fit and healthy and on their game all at the same time. We could be in with a good chance of getting to the last four, possibly even the final. But I don't think our strength in depth in terms of top-quality players is anywhere close to Germany, perhaps. And I don't know what Spain will bring with them. A lot of their players are getting a bit older now, aren't they? Um, so I think and when the pressure's on, whether it's been this group of players or you know, going back to the so-called golden generation and all the rest of it, whenever the real pressure's been on in a, in a top court, big quarterfinal or in a penalty shootout, we've always come up short. And you just... I don't think the, the English public and probably even the players themselves have got the confidence that they're ever going to get over that again. OK. Um, Scotland, was that awful or was it hilariously tragic, that last-minute equaliser by Lewandowski? Or was, what was that? that? I'm erring on the side of... Rather funny. Um, I'm not. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm, it's bad luck. I'm not one of these people like you, unfortunately, where I cheer for all the other home nations because you feel that you have to or something like that. I'm. Mm. I'm not one of them. I'm afraid, but I am. Are you? Yeah. I, I kind of am, and I'm kind of not. But watching that ball squirm all the way across the goal line after they hit the post, and then the race between Lewandowski and that Scottish defender to try and get to the ball first, there was something sort of tragicomic about it. It also took a, a really bizarre deflection off a Scottish defender's outstretched arm that you know that was completely accidental that took it into the path of the post. Yeah. I think it would have gone wide had it just you know gone gone through without being touched. So you know, but it's typical Scotland, isn't it? You know, nineteen ninety versus Costa Rica. It's ninety eight when um, Chris Boyd booted the ball into himself and then into the goal against Brazil yeah. and all that sort of thing. It's just typical Scotland, really, isn't it? Yeah, and I think as uh, as most people have mentioned, Scotland didn't lose it the other night against Poland. They lost it when they went to Georgia and got beat by a team they shouldn't really have got beaten by. But they've kind of thrown it away. Although they have, they've looked promising in quite a few of the games when they played Germany, when they played Poland, uh, and obviously they've beaten and drawn against Republic of Ireland. Um, they've actually lost good positions, or they've not taken advantage when they've been on top in certain games. There was the Germany, uh, the game in, in Germany. Scotland matched and even better Germany in a lot of that game, but you know they they didn't manage to pull it through and win. Um, and the same could be said in a couple of other games too. So they have improved, although Strachan's record is about the same as Craig Levine's were, was before him, and they were um, pretty sharp in getting shot at him. You know, so they've improved, but they haven't improved at the same time, which is a bit bizarre to say. Yeah. Um, who's going to be the most patronised next summer by the uh, TV commentators? Is it going to be Northern Ireland or Wales? And their fans as well. You see this a lot, especially with the Republic of Ireland, don't you? Yeah. Roy Keane talked about it in his autobiography. Probably Northern Ireland, for the reasons I said before. Wales have got Bale, obviously, and I, thought, I suppose you could throw Ramsey in as top quality as top quality players and obviously quite a lot of players in the Premier League. Um, I think Northern Ireland, will be the, they'll be the ones who get a lot of... Um, you know, being patronised a lot, but there, you know, there are people like Albania who have made it mm. tournaments. So you know, Northern Ireland are, are far from alone in in uh, getting the metaphoric um, pat on the head from commentators and pundits. Yeah, um, you're right. Albania have made it. Uh, they're Group I runners up uh, ahead of Denmark. It's the first major tournament, and on their advantage, they've had seven different scorers in qualifying. So uh, they're an all-round team form. Iceland are the other team that have made it a surprise package as well. They pipped Turkey and Holland to um, to the top spot with two games to go. Uh, Swedish 
manager Lars Lagerback, who has led Sweden to three previous Euros. He uh, he nearly got into the World Cup as well, didn't he? These are quite a little outfit to look out for. These are the hipsters' choice, aren't they? <laughs> you, love you, re- the, you love the hipsters, don't you? <laughs> Me and you were the hipsters' choice. Yeah. Um, what do you reckon, Colin, to these two? I think that a lot of teams, and you could probably put Wales and uh, Northern Ireland into this mix as well, I think a lot of it will just depend on how the groups are drawn. Mm. As, as to how successful, how far you could possibly go. Um, if you get a good group, yeah, I think you could do well. Um, but I, I do believe it's a lot more open than it's ever been. It seems yeah, it, doesn't it? I think the difference between the top clubs and everybody else has got a lot shorter. Um, and, you know, we forget, well, you know, Greece are in all sorts of pain at the moment. They've not qualified, have they? They've been dreadful, but... Um, they've done well in tournaments before and everyone's like, mm, where's this come from? Maybe there's an opportunity for another smaller team to sort of spring a surprise on everybody. Well, Spain have qualified, but I mean, they didn't start too great, did they? They lost 2-1 to Slovakia in their opening game. That was great. That was another Costa versus Skirtle evening, that was. Um, but they were all from that first game. They've come through and qualified. And you're right, Germany, they, they, they were... They weren't easily beaten the other night, but that goal that was given away, it was literally route one stuff and Shane Long out sprinted three defenders, didn't he? Mm. Yeah, but I mean, you could also say England have been awful in some of the games, but that it didn't really matter because awful was good enough mm. in, against some of the other teams in their group. So, yeah, I, I think I think I think it's going to be exciting, um, and I think there's going to be a hell of a lot of British fans over in France for this tournament. Yeah, and I think that's that's going to help all of them as well. If you were a ferry company, you'd be rubbing your hands together at the minute. Or oh, two, right? Yeah. Have we? Has anybody decided upon a, a dark horse yet? Obviously, Belgium was everybody's dark horse for the World Cup, um, and it didn't pan out. Has have you, either of you got a, a fancy for who you think could be the uh, you know real dangers towards the end, back end of the tournament? That you know, not the traditional, usual four or five nations. Uh, no, I mean, there's teams I can think of that will get quite far. I've got a stinky feeling for. I always have a stinky feeling for Italy. They mm. just, they obviously bombed at the World Cup last year, but they're one of those teams that you just you just never know, do you? They got to the final last time, didn't they? Where they got tonked in the final. Mm. Portugal seem a bit meh, apart from Ronaldo, don't they? Yeah, Portugal stank out the World Cup. Portugal often stink out tournaments when they go in with people's um, outside each way money on, don't they? Mm. Um, Austria, Austria, I think, have gone through practically or, or even unbeaten. Throughout the whole thing, a lot of people are talking them up as, well, if you want to call it the hipsters' choice or the outside choice. But I, you know, I couldn't really—I've never seen them, so I couldn't really tell you how good they are. Maybe they're the ones to watch. Yeah, what about you, Colin? What do you reckon? Yeah, I'd agree, I'd agree with Austria, um, and also possibly Iceland. Again, two teams that have something about them. Um, but again, I, I, might, I might just put Wales into the mix as well, and, think, and also yeah. maybe Poland. Also maybe Poland if, if Lewandowski's. On it, then mm. maybe they could uh, pull out a few shocks. Yeah, you can imagine Wales doing something, or Northern Ireland even. You were saying earlier on, especially when you're Northern Ireland, no one's too sure about them. You can imagine them people just having no real idea, and then they sort of qualify coming second or something, and then through to the quarters. Oh, yeah. I, 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 t- I tell you this, I, I, I mean, I know that England are ranked, so, so they're going to be helped out in the group stages, but I would not want to play Wales or Northern Ireland. I tell you that. No. Yeah. Um, I would not be confident going into those games. I would 
happily take a draw against both of those two just because of the not the venom but the the enthusiasm that's going to be in that game mm. Mm. Um, in the qualifiers we've got the Czech Republic came second in Group A for four points clear of Turkey uh, finalists from Euro 96 Spain we mentioned Germany Belgium we mentioned uh, Poland um, they qualified after beating Republic of Ireland 2-1 the other day and of course that draw they got against Scotland uh, the Swiss they threw as runners up to England despite losing their um, first two games their manager speaks five languages I don't know if that's going to help or not and holds three separate passports as does everybody else in Switzerland do, oh do they most, yeah, most of them yeah I mean there's what five or six official languages in the country uh, is Russian one of them no Spanish no English no not official <laughs> <laughs> But, mo- you know, it's a very multinational country. Oh, well, I feel like that. Vladimir Petkovic. That's not a Swiss name, is it? Oh, neither is Valeron Barami or... Zerdan uh, Shakiri. Shakiri. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I suppose not. Oh, all right, well, my fantastic fact seems we've gone down the toilet there. <laughs> um, Romania, Group F winners up. They won five, drew five. They only conceded two goals in qualifying, Romania did. They could be... Um, it could be next year's Greece at Euro 2004. Italy and Austria we discussed. And Portugal, Group 1 winners. They lost the opener to Albania, but won seven straight games after that. But again, they're a bit meh, apart from Ronaldo, aren't they? Yeah, if they're anything like Portugal teams of, of recent years, then um, I think, again, second round, and then that'll be them. Unless they come up against England in a penalty shootout and then they've got a chance of making it happen. <laughs> Some kind of disallowed goal from our, one of our defenders or something. Something crazy or somebody getting sent off or our star player slipping on his arse and sticking a sticking a penalty into Rosehead. Yeah. All that has happened. Although they're a goalkeeper, of course, taking a penalty. Mm. Um, other places up for grabs. Group C, you've got... Slovakia or Ukraine, Group G, you've got Russia or Sweden, could be another Zlatanless tournament. Uh, group H, you've got Norway or Croatia. Croatia are a really good team, they shouldn't be fighting down there, should they? Um, Denmark, Hungary and Ireland are confirmed in the playoffs in their respective groups, and then you've got uh, a playoff of either Bosnia, Israel or Cyprus, Slovakia or Estonia, and then Group A is Turkey or Holland into the um, mix. Uh, and Depay and um, Robin van Persie have uh, fallen out in training today. Now that's that's Holland all over for you. If you're gonna have a fallout, if you're gonna have a fallout, do it at the most important time. Yeah, I mean it's very weird, isn't it? I the nation of Holland is well known for its uh, relaxedness, and that doesn't ever seem to come across to its players, does it? No, but they're also known as a nation with quite um, an arrogant streak in them. So you can understand why there's a lot of personality clashes in the Dutch national team over the years. Yeah, I thought they sent all their psychopaths across to South Africa, but they still kept them. Oxley Chamberlain's just scored for England, 3-0. Has he? Mm-hmm. Oh, there we go. Um, right, so what do we do now? What do we do now? Guys, do you want to do U-Tweet or do you want to do Crystal Palace? Let's do Crystal Palace, eh? Let's do Crystal Palace. Right, this is part of our ongoing five-a-side Premier League era um, teams. We're going through all the teams that are in the Premier League this season and we're picking out their best players in a five-a-side position. So one goalkeeper... One defender, three strikers to have ever played uh, for them in the Premier League, uh, which is all well and good if you do Manchester United, but when you're doing Bournemouth, it, um, the conversation's probably a little more contained. Um, we've had quite a few responses, so thank you to everyone who's responded so far. So we've had at ARPM57 has gone for Nigel Martin, Chris Coleman, John Slarko, uh, Melis Jedinak and Ian Dowie. Uh, at Smidgey87, who is a Palace fan, 
Uh, it's gone for Speroni, Popovich, Attila Lombardo, Johan Kabai, Andy Johnson. Uh, Greg, who was on last week, has gone for Alan Pardew everywhere. Um, yeah. Ross has gone for Speroni, Scott Dan, Attila Lombardo, Andy Johnson, and Thomas Brolin, who I forgot about completely. Um, I've gone for Nigel Martin, Gareth Southgate, Attila Lombardo, Andy Johnson, and Yannick Bellassi. Uh Mark, who have you gone for? I didn't go for Brolin because I th- I'm sure that when he went to Palace, that was the start of the Pizza Hut years, wasn't it? Well, that, I think I think I think the uh, the Leeds United season was the the start of the Pizza Hut years, but he, he definitely continued it yeah. um, into Palace. Yeah, I think I've gone for Martin in goal, mm-hmm. um, Southgate. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming he played for Palace in the Premier League. Um, Yedinak and Lombardo mm-hmm. in midfield. And Andy Johnson up front. That's right. Colin, who gone for? I've gone for Nigel Martin in goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Coleman in yep. defence. Uh, Wilfried Zaha. Yep. Johan Kabai. Yep. And Andy Johnson. Okie dokie. So, uh, only two goalkeepers have been nominated for. Uh, we've got Nigel Martin with four votes, Spironi with two. Now, I voted for Nigel Martin because he's a Cornishman. Um he wasn't a bad keeper. He's, he played for your lot as well, didn't he, Mark? He was the first million-pound goalkeeper, wasn't he? Mm. Yeah, he was back end of his career when he came to Everton, but he was outstanding yeah. for three, four years, I think it was. Well, he kept Richard Wright out of the team when he got to your place, didn't he? Um, he was signed I, as backup, I wouldn't give him too much credit for doing that, though. Well, wasn't he just signed as backup, as this sort of OEP that might come in every now and then, and all of a sudden he kept him out of his place? No, no, Richard Wright was um, absolute garbage for Everton, and we were desperate for a new keeper. At the time, even though we'd played, paid a lot of money for him. And Wright, Wright was one of Moyes' worst signings, yet um, a lot of people would argue that Nigel Martin was David Moyes' best signing. Oh, he was the next big thing there, wasn't he, Richard Wright? He was, and it didn't really pan out. He got, he got bombed out by Arsenal, came to us, did all right, and then went, went off the boil big time. And that's when we went and got Martin from Leeds, when he'd fallen out of favour for Paul Robinson. Yeah. Uh, well, Spironi has played for um, Palace for a number of years. He's been there for at least a decade or so, hasn't he? Yeah, tough call. He's, yeah, he's a very good goalkeeper, very good shot stopper. Mm. Uh, however, I think the three of us here have um, all voted for Martin, haven't we? So should we go with him? Yeah. I think Speroni's more of a character, but I think Martin is the better keeper. Um, Martin had his eccentricities, didn't he? Well, he did, but he, 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 you know, he's played for multiple... Good teams, and uh, including Palace, and, and also represented England. Yeah, that's true. Um, 2004, Giuliano Speroni signed for Crystal Palace. He was part of that dream team with uh, Gabor Corrali in goal, wasn't he? Remember that, with his grey tracky bottoms? <laughs> now, uh, he fit into a Premier League team, uh, five-side team, sorry. Like, you know, how many times have you seen goalies at five-side down your local sports centre turning up in uh, the tracksuit pants he's been painting the house in? So... Karai would fit right into that. Well, he would, but that's because when you're a goalkeeper and you're diving on a five-a-side pitch, it bloody hurts. So you need some kind of protection like that. Uh, well, anyway, we'll go with Martin anyway. Um, we need a defender then. So we've got Tony Popovich and Scott down with a vote each. Um, Chris Coleman with two votes. Gareth Southgate with two votes. I went with Gareth Southgate. Mind um, you, my, my, my image of Gareth Southgate at Crystal Palace is getting his chest stamped on by Roy Keane. Obviously made a lasting impression. So did Roy Keane Studs. Hey! <laughs> boom, boom. <laughs> we need some kind of drum beat app, don't we? 
Um, yeah, but he was, he was a very solid defender, wasn't he, wherever he went, Gareth Southgate. Chris... Yeah, with the, with the reputation of being able to play out from the back, and that's why he, he did from time to time play in midfield, didn't he? Yes, he did, didn't he? Um, now, you've gone for Chris Coleman, haven't you, Colin? Yeah. Apart from being a bit of a bellend, there's not really not I know about Chris Coleman. And his leg broken, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, I, hey, I'm not going to fight between Chris Coleman and Gareth Southgate. I think they're, they're, they're much of a muchness. Um, I'll be honest, I'm going to hold my hand up. I don't think Gareth Southgate was all that. I, th- I think I think he was on the cusp of of England, but I, d- I don't think you could ever really call him a, a cracking player. Um, See, I, I never rated Chris Coleman. I know he played for Wales and got a lot of caps, and I think he went to Blackburn after Crystal Palace, but I never really... Okay, I mean, looking, listen, Southgate, in my opinion, was the best of a, a an average bunch, but I just don't remember Coleman being that great. I don't either. Um... Gareth Southgate was touted as the next big thing for quite some time, wasn't he? And I just don't remember the same sort of thing being done about Chris Coleman. I mean, to be fair to Coleman, his career was cut short quite early, wasn't it, with that car crash he had? I, I, I don't know about that. I didn't know he had a car crash. He had a car crash and broke his legs, and he... Um, was, am I thinking the right thing? Well, he had a car crash and broke his legs, and he, um, he couldn't play again. Um, no, car crash doesn't sound... Familiar to me, but you could be right. Right. I'm going to look this up. Uh, oh, he's married to Charlotte Jackson from Sky Sports, if that makes any difference. That I did know. That's not so much of a car crash. No, that's probably pinch yourself every day, isn't it? Well, or you could pinch her. That's probably the best thing to do. Yeah, well, um, wasn't she the one who Andy Gray had the banter with? Uh, Don't know. There's probably a lot of them. That he, he, had, had he, with. he was trying to do his um, shirt up, right, uh, took his shirt in and around his waist, and he told her to come over and have a go. Oh yes, Chris Coleman had a car crash. Uh, yeah, and he um, and she refused to, and he got sacked when it all came on air. So I'm quite happy to have Chris Coleman in if his girlfriend got Andy Gray sacked. Well, that's a that's the criteria we need to apply <laughs> to every team from now on in this <laughs> in this feature. Um. God, I feel very bad for what we done do, do to Colin on this feature every week, so I'm quite happy to go with Chris Coleman if you are, Mark. Yeah, Southgate was chosen under sufferance, really, so if uh, if Colin's argument is um, convincing enough for me to, to let it lie, so I'll, I'll, I can switch to Coleman without any big uh, protest. All right, fair enough. Right, uh, we need three players from any other um, position on the pitch. Now, there's two players that are above everybody else. You've got Attila Lombardo with four votes, um, Andy Johnson with five votes. Now, Attila Lombardo, aside from being a football genius, I think he also managed them for a little while, didn't he? Yeah, and I don't think that went that well, did it? Not brilliantly, no, I suppose. Uh, Andy... That's in an era when I don't think anybody managed Crystal Palace with any great... Uh, success. That was the sort of Alan Smith era, wasn't it? That sort of thing. Yeah, a bit after that, yeah. Um, Andy Johnson scored 21 goals in the 04-05 season. Remember, that was the season that they very nearly stayed up, wasn't it? And half of his goals were penalties or something ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I seem to remember, because he, he's an ex-Birmingham player, isn't he? I seem to remember he scored a one-on-one down in the whole end in front of all the Villa fans and just stood there with his arms outstretched as they yeah. threw dogs abuse at him. That's, why, that's the reason why I picked him, actually, was for that. 
Yeah. And I remember I mean I'll be honest, I remember him more from, from how he was at Everton. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think and okay, he wasn't a world beater, but I don't think he ever got the credit um he deserved for for how decent a player he was, you know, he was a very decent player. Um fast, willing runner, um I think in a five side game, you know, all you need is somebody with a bit of pace who can steal a yard and put a shot on goal and I think um and also I, I had I'd thought about it and the only person I could come up with before him was Chris Armstrong, and I refuse to pick Chris Armstrong. <laughs> Is he working in Tesco's now? Um, very possibly. <laughs> he must be. Uh, are you happy? You voted for Andy Johnson as well, Colin. So are you happy with him? Do you know what? I think got, I've got a solution here. Go you put both of them in. Andy Johnson and who? Lombardo. Okay. Because you could have Lombardo as a sort of winger. Mm-hmm. So you could you could possibly say he's like a, an attacking midfielder. Mm-hmm. You, could, you could possibly have Andy Johnson up front, which would then just leave you to pick one of not a huge amount of great midfielders that Palace have had. Well, next up you've got Jedinak with two votes, um, and you've got Johan Kabai with two votes. Now, I thought about Kabai because he's obviously an excellent footballer, but he's only been there two months, hasn't he? Yeah, can you really be... I know Palace haven't played a whole raft of Premier League games in there in the 25 years the Premier League's been going but can you pick somebody in there for the sake of seven games or eight games or whatever it's been or do you think he's made that much of an impact on him I'll admit I was potentially straw clutching there um, <laughs> because I didn't have Lombardo in so I'd be happy to take Lombardo over Kabai for example well we have done at the moment because we've got Lombardo in there um, but Kabai's got two and Jedinak's got two. You vote for Jedinak. What did you go for him for, Mark? Um, I think he's a bit of... Is he not a bit of a cult hero at Palace as well? Um, he is. I think he's another one of those players who I think he's not given the credit because I think he's a quite a decent player as well as being a grafter and a hard tackler and, you know, the sort of the captain of the team, although he's fallen out of favour, hasn't he, now that Pardew's the manager. Um, but I think I think a lot of Palace fans might vote for him based on how they feel about him more so than his actual ability. And he's a beardy as well. It, well, okay, that ticks your boxes. And I mean, I've not had a shave for about four or five days, so maybe I can be in that group too. Yeah. You happy yeah. with um, Jednak Colin? You want to fight this Kabai drum a bit more? You've got Zahar as well, haven't you? Yeah, I've got Zahar. Is there anything to say for Zahar? I don't know. Well, I've um, got Blassie in, and they're very similar players, I suppose, aren't they? Do you know what? I think we're very close to a team here. I, th- I, think, I think you guys have named them. Um, so if if you want to go for Jedinak, mm-hmm. Kabai and Andy Johnson, I think that's a good fit. Uh, no, we've got Lombardo instead of Kabai. Oh, sorry, yeah, sorry, Lombardo instead of Kabai, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And Jedinak as well. Oh, there we go. That was easy enough done this week. So we've got Nigel Martin in goal, Chris Coleman in defence, then we've got uh, Melis Jedinak, Andy Johnson and Attila Lombardo. Are we happy with that? I'm happy with that. You happy with that, Mark? I am not a bad team, and it's surely going to take on that West Brom team from a few weeks ago and win. Oh, yeah. I think most people should do that. Right. I'm going to dip my hand in and pull out a team for next week. So I'm going to stick my hand in my hat, uh, and I pull out Leicester City. Ooh. Ooh. This is the Mm. one I've been waiting for. I used to watch these in the 90s. There's going to be an awful lot of back-in-the-day references in my team. Mm. Oh, no. There's There's going to be a potential savage here, isn't there? There's going to be no Savage. Huh? There's going to be no Savage. Unless well, Steve Walsh is playing. And then there'll be, yeah, there'll be a Steve Walsh. 
Yeah, he was quite savage. <laughs> There's going to be a Steve Walsh and there's going to be a Muzzy Is It in there somewhere. Oh, yes, I think Muzzy Is It's a shoe-in. Yeah. True. Oh, this, is, I mean, this is the one I'm looking forward to the most, this is. But Robbie Savage is going to get some votes, you know. Uh, well, he won't get in the team. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> if for Fletch and Sav as much as anything else. We've got an embargo already. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, so we're going to finish this week's episode uh, with a quiz, Colin. Yes, uh, hello, old friend. Um, it's it's a, a welcome return to you tweet. Hello, darkness, um, my old friend. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, in case some of the new listeners aren't, aren't aware of what you tweet's all about, um, we select random tweets that have been uh, tweeted or put out there uh, by members of Man on the Post. And the team here have to decide who said these tweets. Now, a little bit of a change for the 2015-16 season. We've also included some uh, WhatsApp chat, which goes on behind the scenes between some of the members of Mount the Post, um, which is uh, potentially a little bit more uh, lewd, a little bit more um, on the fringe. So uh, there's potential for a little bit more funnies in there as well. So... I'll be the question master on this one, and it's up to you, Chris and Mark, to decide who you think said what. Go on, then. Okay. So, so first of all, um, we're going to go to WhatsApp. And uh, are you aware that Cadbury's are now looking for a new uh, milk tray man? This is, this is a question, not part of the chat, right? Well, well they are. That's oh, in real life, are they? All right, yeah, okay. yeah, they're looking for a new milk tray man. Okay. Um, you know the old adverts that used to be about the, the lady yeah. loves milk tray and all that lot. Yeah. So which person said this? Just applied to be the milk tray man. Which which member of Man on the Post could be the next milk tray man? Mm. This is a WhatsApp one. This is. Yeah. Yes. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say Greg. I was going to say Tom. The correct answer is Ross. Oh, really? Ooh. Yes. <laughs> and Ross is about six foot seven, is he? Six foot five, six foot seven? I've never stood next to him. I have. He's, he's very tall. Is he? Um, yeah. He sound that tall on a podcast. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, there could be a very tall milk tray man uh, coming to Cadbury's. Oh, right, okay. It's going to have to be a big window for him to get through. Yes, it will. Yeah. Okay. Um, next one then. This is a tweet. Come on, everybody! It's only rugby. It doesn't make sense anyway. Adam. Adam. Mark. It's actually Greg. Oh, is it? Yes. No. That's just that just sounds a very Adamy tweet. I, I, I think Adam. Well, I think Adam was actually watching the World Cup. So, uh, yeah, no, it was definitely Greg. Okay. Right. This is a, a WhatsApp chat, and this is uh, a conversation that's happened over multiple chats. Okay, so it's a little bit longer. So bear with me. My trousers and boxers both split at work. So if I sat down, my bollocks fell out. I had to make sure no one's behind me when I was filling up the fridges. Otherwise, they'd have a beautiful view of my arsehole. 
I tried to safety pin, I tried to safety pin them up, but I accidentally pinned my boxers and trousers together. Who was that? Somebody's not allowed out on their own. I hope it wasn't Emma. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is it Tom filling the fridges at, in his pub? You going for Tom? Mark, any ideas? I have no idea about anybody's occupation, so I'm going to have to just play along and say the same thing as Chris. It was indeed Tom who had that unfortunate trouser incident. That sounds like a Tom thing to do. Right, okay. Let's move on to this one. This is a tweet. This might give it a little bit away. Ah, the sounds of Gosport. The next bit's in inverted commas. I can't grumble. He has a nice-sized cock. <laughs> um, is this someone playing cock or no cock? I've got a feeling no. I saw this tweet. This, this is an overheard conversation, I believe. Yeah, I think I heard this. I think I saw this, sorry, and I think it's Greg. Go on, I'll go with Greg as well if you saw it. It's Ross. Oh. Ah, oh, I've definitely seen the tweet, though. <laughs> Right, okay. Um, another couple here then. Uh, so, who, who tweeted this? Davina McCall and Freddie Flintoff in a new darts-based game show. Someone at Sky has just signed their own P45 there. That sounds like something you'd say, Mark. I think I did say that, yeah. <laughs> okay, Mark. It, it was you, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> good shout. Did you watch it? Is it any good? No, I haven't seen a single second of it. <laughs> I, I wouldn't lower myself. It can't be any worse than League of Their Own. Well, it's League of Their Own does darts, isn't it? Is, it? Is that the one with James Corden, League of Their Own? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It can't be any worse than that. Right. We'll have one final one then. Okay. okay. Who tweeted this? This Strictly Come Dancing show is a joke. Far too much touchy-feely stuff from married men and women. Instant divorce material in my eyes. Uh, has anybody had their girlfriend cheat on them recently? This is... It sounds very bitter. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say Adam. Uh, I'm going to say Adam, if only for the fact I don't think we've had him yet, have we? We haven't had Adam yet. Is that, is that who you're going for? Yeah. I could tell you it was a trick question. The person who tweeted that was uh, an occasional appearer on Utweet. It was Michael Owen. Uh, oh. What, the Michael Owen? The Michael Owen, yes. How was it? Yeah, I, I occasionally throw a little curveball in there and um, include some of Michael Owen's crazy tweets. Does that mean he's been on this podcast? No, but it's only a matter of time. You know, when the work dries up. Yeah. Well, there so, you go, Michael Owen. Well, there you go, Michael Owen. I, re- um, I remember that tweet one ages ago where he said he'd only ever seen six films. Or we've done that in a previous podcast yeah. where, we had to name the, where we had to name the films. Imagine that. You've watched films, right? You've seen more than six. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've seen, I've seen all of the police academies, so that, that takes me beyond that number straight away. <laughs> Oh, well, there you go. All right, well, with that, that's the end of this week's podcast. Thank you ever so much, Colin, for doing that one. Uh, Colin, if anyone's got any U-tweet feedback, how do they get in touch with you? You can get me on Twitter. I'm at Cass707. 
Mark, how did he get in touch with you? Uh, I'm on Twitter, at the Football Pink. And you've got a couple of award nominations at the minute, haven't you? Yes, indeed, yeah. I'm vote, um, nominated for the Best Established Blog in the Football Blogging Awards, uh, nominated for that, which is um, being chosen at the end of November, and also the um, Fanzine of the Year in the Football Supporters Federation Awards. Hopefully, uh, I'll make the shortlist. I'll find out in the next few weeks, and that's being chosen in December, so fingers crossed. How did they vote for you on that? Thank you very much. How, well, did, how, did, how did they vote for you on that? Um, they go to the Football Supporters Federation uh, website and just look for the, the 2015 awards page. Okay, so that's how they can do that. Um, if you want to follow Man on the Post, that's at Man on the Post. There's the Twitter feed, manonthepost.com is the website. Um, if you wish to rate and review us on iTunes, it helps bump us up the charts a little bit. You can always do that as well. Uh, all reviews are very much appreciated. Uh, so all the most we said is thank you ever so much for listening and always remember to keep your Man on the Post. Yeah.